Hello, teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, here for you whenever you need me as your anytime piano teacher friend. (laughs) Can I just offer up a super quick thank you for listening today? Because believe me, I know you have plenty to do with your time. So thanks for hanging out with me. Well, friends, we kicked off the new year with four relatively deep thinking episodes, (laughs) and I really hope you enjoyed those. I just love the benefit of all things related to self-reflection, so it was fun to run a series on a few of those ideas. Today, though, I am coming at you much, much lighter. (laughs) This episode is the result of a very random, quite extensive train of thought that had me up a good chunk of the night a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) You know how one thought enters your head and that cues you to think of something else and then something else? Well, it dawned on me that I have amassed a strange number of stories and life lessons through, of all things, (laughs) page-turning. Yes, that's right, page-turning. In case that's not clear, I'm referring to experiences I've had, you know, turning pages for another pianist during a collaborative performance. (laughs) Remember, air turn pedals did not always exist, my friends. We used to have to have people do this for us. (laughs) You probably already know this, but page turning is an absolute art form. (laughs) And it's often a thankless job. I mean, think about it. It's a lot like a sound technician that in that no one gives you a second thought until you screw it up, right? <laughs> you hardly ever notice a page turner unless the pianist suddenly like throws their hand up and violently throws the score to the next page because the turner had missed their moment. <laughs> or if the page turner accidentally turns two pages at once, We notice that. (laughs) Or, you know, let's say they lose their balance and knock the score off of the music rack altogether, sending it like clunking onto the keys. (laughs) We laugh, but I've seen it all. (laughs) And there's a good chance, of course, that you have also. Perhaps I should preface this whole conversation by telling you that I am a terrible page turner. (laughs) I am not tall. My arms are short, which leaves me feeling somewhat like a T-Rex trying to like reach across the pianist while I'm also trying to stay out of their way. Um, I don't feel like I'm particularly discreet in my movements. So every time I stand up to, you know, turn that page, I'm fearful that I'm going to like topple over and make a huge scene. Of course, there's also the fact that I am the world's worst overthinker. (laughs) So even though my eyes are glued to the score in front of us, I am almost always convinced because I have this nagging inner voice telling me that I am going to miss it or that I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) So, you know, all it takes is one quick glance, like further down the page to a similar passage. And I am convincing myself that we aren't actually where I think we are. And it's all downhill from there. 
And of course, as a world-class people pleaser, (laughs) I never, ever want to be a disappointment to the performer. So I know that I've been on the other side of this equation and, you know, I've had to speak under my breath more than once to a page turner saying, not yet, (laughs) in a whispered huff when they tried to turn too soon or to urge them to get ready (laughs) if the time is near and they haven't yet even stood up. (laughs) As the performer, that, of course, is an especially unnerving feeling, so I never want to be part of that anxiety. And wow, as I say that, I never actually realized how much of an illustration um, page-turning is for my ridiculous fear of letting other people down, but, you know, cheers to self-actualization, my friends. (laughs) Anyway, on to story time. (laughs) I'm really curious if anyone else has quite this many memorable experiences surrounding the art of page turning. (laughs) You are going to have to let me know if you do. So my earliest page-turning memories come from my childhood piano recitals. (laughs) I took lessons with my first piano teacher for 10 years, and I would say that I was her star student for most of that time. (laughs) So one example of the favor I felt like I received was the fact that she usually asked me to turn pages for her at our studio recitals. She taught piano and voice, so there were usually lots of opportunities to turn for her as she played for her vocalists. So due to my gold star-seeking tendencies that I mentioned already today, (laughs) I always thought this was like a very public declaration of her trust in me, and I treasured my role as the page-turner at those twice-yearly performances. (laughs) I'm sure she had no idea how much that actually meant to me, nor did I, really, until one fateful event when she had the nerve to ask another student to turn pages for her. I literally can still feel how upset I was sitting in that recital, feeling like I must have done something to, like, fall out of favor. (laughs) Of course, in hindsight, It was probably something as simple as she asked someone else. (laughs) But that has helped me, for the record, be intentional as a teacher with my own students to avoid assigning any one of them to a recurring role like that. (laughs) Because I certainly never want to inadvertently disappoint someone over something as trivial as, you know, asking them to turn my pages. (laughs) Fast forward a few years to my senior year of high school when I was taking lessons with a different teacher by the name of Rose Valdez. And Rose was marvelous in all ways, and I just adored her. Well, as fate would have it, Rose was invited to play a recital at Carnegie Hall that spring with a bassoonist. Yes, like the Carnegie Hall. (laughs) And guess who she asked to come with her to turn her pages? Yes, that would be me. I was so excited for my Carnegie Hall debut, even if it was as a page turner. (laughs) Well, after a few days of being like over the moon excited about this trip, 
I was dealt a bit of a blow <laughs> because I found out that the recital date in New York conflicted with my high school's production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Now, before you like jump through your device and shake me, keep in mind, <laughs> this was my senior year of high school with all the feelings of sentimentality that brings and my best friend and I had already been cast as the stepsisters with our other best friends being cast as Cinderella and her stepmother. So 17-year-old me was faced with this decision to abandon the production or decline the Carnegie Hall invite. So I picked Cinderella. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer, isn't it? I mean, I have such treasured memories from that show. I don't really regret that decision, but I just would have really liked to have accepted the page-turning invite. <laughs> so the door closed on my high-profile page-turning career, and really, for reasons already discussed, maybe that wasn't a terrible thing. <laughs> but, and this is where I just think life is so funny, a few years later, a page-turning opportunity would end up leading to one of the biggest, most life-altering experiences of my life. Ooh, suspense, right? So here's the story. <laughs> Fast forward yet again to my junior year of undergrad. I can still remember sitting in studio class when my professor, Donna Lee, asked us if anyone was available to turn pages for a guest artist clarinet recital that evening. I was not really pumped to do it, but no one else volunteered, and so, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> well, the pianist that evening was a most talented man by the name of Jim Helton, and for reasons we'll discuss in a future episode, I just really hit it off with him. And long story short, I ended up studying with him for my master's degree just about a year and a half later. So the rest, as they say, is history, because while I was here doing my uh, master's degree, I ended up meeting my husband at church, and now we still live in that same town. We have these two beautiful girls, and I have the studio of my dreams, and that all can be traced back to that single decision to agree to turn pages for that guy this one fateful evening. It's kind of crazy, right? My entire life <laughs> hinged on that decision. <laughs> now, that kind of makes my other page-turning stories pale a bit in comparison. <laughs> it's things like the fact that I did so much collaborative playing myself during undergrad that I had a friend who kept actual outfits in her closet that were specifically dedicated to page-turning attire. <laughs> we were a well-dressed combo. <laughs> I also once watched an entire recital where a, we'll just say, inexperienced page-turner actually walked on and off stage with the pianist and the saxophonist between each set and actually took bows with the musicians before and after each piece. <laughs> I can still picture the three of them standing up together and taking their bows and walking off and then coming back on. And, oh, it's so funny. Something so funny about the page turner taking a bow <laughs> every time. 
the more time wears on, the more prone I am to trying to just deal with it and turn my own pages. <laughs> but there have been occasions on which having a page turner has just been a matter of mere convenience. Like the time that I was asked to play piano for my friend's cocktail hour after her wedding, and my husband was there with me, and I didn't want to make him socialize with people for the hour that he didn't even know, so I just let him sit beside me and moonlight as my page turner, even though I really didn't need him. <laughs> I will say it turned out convenient because during that cocktail hour, the wait staff was incredibly committed to making sure that the pianist had enough to drink, so I got to let him hold my glass. <laughs> So that was great. I have even seen, no joke, a page-turning relationship evolve into a marriage. 100% true story. Couldn't make it up if I tried. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oddly enough, I think I could go on and on with actual real-life stories of page-turning gone awry. <laughs> But I hope these selections from my archives have brought a smile to your face today. All silliness aside, is page turning something you actively work with your students on? I think any musician of any instrument should probably be able to do a decent job turning pages, right? <laughs> I actually love covering the art of page turning in my group performance classes that we hold every six weeks or so when we're not living in a pandemic. <laughs> so, you know, making sure that your students can follow a score, teaching them the etiquette of standing on the left, which is kind of counterintuitive at first, but of course, no one wants to watch the page turner in the concert. <laughs> um, and also, if you just let them turn pages for you, it's a great way to sneak in some of your high-level artistry and let them really listen to, you know, how well you play. As we prepare to say goodbye for today, please join me in a little toast celebrating the many nuances of what we do as teachers. <laughs> Music teacher friends of the world, I join you in solidarity today, knowing there are countless aspects of our craft, like page turning, <laughs> that appear simple on the outside, yet actually require untold skill. I laugh with you knowing that we share an understanding of humor that no one else can quite appreciate. <laughs> and I offer you a virtual high five knowing as teachers of music, we just never know when the relationships we develop with our students are going to end up holding significant impacts on the rest of their lives. Cheers to life lessons learned from page turning, my dear friends. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our lighter take after I've been grilling you with big questions for the last four weeks. If you enjoyed this little story time, make sure you have listened to episode number seven, 
titled Cheers to Laughter, where I share some humorous experiences from my music studies past. (laughs) Friends, keep sharing the love for this podcast. You all are just so good to me. So be sure to like and follow and share and subscribe and do all the podcasty things that we can do (laughs) to help make sure that more music teacher friends um, are finding us around the globe. We are so much better together, my friends. And until next week, this is me just wishing you a most terrific day. Take care of each other and we will talk soon. (laughs) Make it a good one, friends.